0: And welcome to MyTennisCoaching.com. And once again, I'm not on my own. I'm joined by a special guest, Jonathan Lodge, who I had the pleasure of working with for a couple of years.
1: I'm glad um, you said it,
0: pleasure. It was my pleasure. I'm not too sure it was your pleasure, but <laughs> maybe <laughs> maybe, maybe we could discuss that as well. So Jonathan's come on, uh, just to stop him bombarding me with questions and my DMs and WhatsApp messages. Um, and what's great is Jonathan's an active tennis coach. So a lot of stuff that I put out, rightly so. He's got questions and sort of how to implement it at a club level. So we'll mm-hmm. discuss that. So this is my first ever coach hot seat. So the plan is to get I'm, coach privileged.
2: Coach. I'm privileged. You
0: want me? You're the first one. You're the first one. I had Greg on last week as, uh, sort of right. as a coach, sort of talking about him, his way of doing things. And now you're the first in the hot seat. Well, then again, maybe I'm in the hot seat because you, you're going to ask me questions. It's not going to be me quizzing you like it was with Greg um but just before we get into it just a little bit about you mate
1: right so I've been coaching now for 10 years fully qualified I think judging by some of the feedback I uh, get people in general like what I do and I'm sort of following along the lines of what you've uh shown and taught me and uh yeah I currently work at the Lee Valley Hockey and Tennis Centre in Stratford at the Olympic Park so if you see the velodrome I'm just next to that pretty much and uh yeah it's uh it's a great place to work and. Uh, business is healthy which is nice it was uh it was a bit iffy through covid because I was at a small village club before that so to be able to work at a venue like that now whereas uh, plenty of people interested it's uh it's much much better so yeah I'm very grateful to uh, to be working there
0: nice just a quick question do you get your bike on the uh, track
1: uh no i don't think they would <laughs> allow that one on there so no uh,
0: no <clears throat> Pretty cool place to work, though, I guess.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, we get, uh, you know, it's, uh, in general, it's a young demographic around there. It's sort of Stratford's and lots of people moving in from all around the world. Really, It's a very international place. And, uh, yeah, in general, it's, it's just nice to have people that actually want to come and play, people interested, rather than being at a small club where you're having to cling on to the same few people. It's uh, yeah. It's much nicer that people come into to us and like, oh, yeah, we really want a lesson and that. And, you know, the waiting list is through the roof. So, if any of you out there want to come and coach and work for Lee Valley, then uh, I highly recommend it.
0: Nice plug. He, sl- he definitely slipped that one in. I like that. I like absolutely. that. Absolutely,
1: absolutely. Yeah. Well, I, think we still, we, I think we are needing one or two coaches. So if anyone out there's looking for work, then uh, come along and find out more about us.
0: I think yeah. I think everyone is looking for more coaches in a minute. I think you just have to go on the LTA job board and see the amount of coaches or the amount of jobs that are going up, which is yes. great.
1: And well, we've been as, looking for a long time and we're struggling to get people.
0: <laughs> yeah, I I think I think everyone's in the same boat because I've been doing LTA coach forums over the past couple of weeks. Um and the LTA now showing the stats in terms of participation, both adults and junior, and they've gone up massively mm. the last couple of years. So it's good that you're actually feeling it yeah. on the ground. Um, I guess the challenge there is one, fitting everyone in, two, getting coaches to run the sessions. Um so it's, it's, I guess it's, I guess it's a nice problem to have, but it's definitely a problem yeah. in terms of coach recruitment.
1: Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah, they're uh, they're still trying to. Well, I mean, I've been there just over two years now, and uh, the whole time I've been there, they've been trying to find coaches. So yeah. it's, uh, I don't know why it's so difficult, but yeah, you know, I don't know whether the pandemic has put people out, you know, put people off doing the job, but uh, trying um, to find experienced coaches is uh, is definitely tricky at the minute.
0: I think a big impact was Brexit. I think a lot of uh, foreign national coaches. Mm. I think when the when I don't again I don't know the ins and outs, but when Brexit came, I think it became more difficult to get a work permit because obviously mm. self-employed, there's no guaranteed guaranteed income as such yeah. as well, and obviously it all depends on if you actually put through what you've earned as well. Um, so I think that had an impact. Um, mm. So we did lose a big foreign um, influence on the coach market. Lots of people came into Coach Ed right after the pandemic, so lots of people came in, did the level ones, did, did the level twos. Mm. Uh, obviously, the coach qualifications have changed a little bit; they've become a little bit more, a bit more demanding in terms of mm. getting through them. That's obviously now having a knock-on effect because I know, for me, from a Coach Ed point of view, less people doing the instructor level two, less people doing the level three. Um, mm. so that's that's had an impact, and I know the LCA look at that as well. But right. it's interesting with that one though, because coaches for years said, well the, the quality of the qualifications isn't high enough. And then the LTA make them a bit more demanding, a bit more challenging. And then the coaches now complaining that's too much. So um I do feel sometimes for the LTA and mm. that regard. No, no, that's tricky. So well, yeah, so obviously you've been listening to me rant and talk about my way or my way of coaching and what I'm going through and stuff and you've always got great questions so
1: well you've got me on board now so uh I'm fully behind it well I say I'm fully behind it I mean as you know yeah. with some of the questions I have I'm, I'm still teetering yeah. on the edge but as I said to you before I feel like a, a balance is important and uh you know I'm I don't think I'm ever going to go fully constrained and fully game-based because I know parents are going to be looking at the side going what the hell is he doing but um if I can get that balance, which I think I am at the minute. I mean, for me, the the kids that have got on board with it and the parents, I'm seeing a difference. And it's really nice because throughout the whole time I've been coaching, I've always struggled to get kids interested in the sport. They'll come and do it for a few terms, but as you know, football and stuff dominates in this country. But to actually get a kid to actually feel an enjoyment for the sport, not see it like a school lesson, they come on and they get straight into it. I mean, I've got a red group on a Saturday at the moment and they, I don't have to say anything. The kids just come on and they start hitting and the parents join in as well. And I'm standing back looking it going, this is exactly what I've always imagined and wanted in my head. And to see them playing it, and i just set up a different game each time to sort of work a different skill. Mm-hmm. They just get on to it and they're doing it straight away. And like the difference the parents going, "Oh, geez, this is actually working. So if you invest in it and put the effort into it, it works and it's great. But then you've got the other side of it where people hold back. They want you to be just giving them all the information. That's what they're used to. And you can see the kids aren't getting it. They're they're just just, just not clicking because they're not feeling it. I keep talking about feeling what you're doing rather than just being told something. You you know, you're like a machine. You just, there's nothing to it. But if you can actually get the feelings of it, it works. And seeing that with some of my groups now is such a nice feeling for me personally, as well as a coach, because I'm just... I've just got tired of, you just basket feed, you keep giving them the same shots. Yeah, they get it good. You go and play a game, (laughs) you know, literally. And it's just, oh, but now the kids that are are really feeling it now, you can see the improvement. And for me, that's what it's all about. I keep talking about, well, we're working on this as well as all your hands and touch. And I think if... uh, if as long as people can understand that from the start, they'll get on board with it. But it's getting that understanding across from the start that's difficult. And where I work as well, people come and go all the time. So you're seeing new faces all the time. So sometimes people may slip through the net and you know, they're looking at what you're doing and going, This ain't right. And next thing you know, they've disappeared. They don't come and speak to you. They just go. Mm-hmm. And it's like But yeah, anyway. So anyway, that's my thoughts on it. I uh, I definitely feel it's good, but I feel like sometimes I still need to I still need to give them something. I need to give them some technical aspect to it. And I always will. But yeah. for me, this this game-based approach, it definitely does work.
0: I, I love it. And there's, there's some great stuff you said. And I think the first thing I picked up on is they don't want a school lesson. No. And it's something I say a lot to coaches. You, we have to understand these kids go to school at half eight. They finish at three, half three. And they've been told what to do all day. Mm-hmm. they come to tennis and then they get told what to do for a full hour and
1: it's and... not the, the parents as well the parents will turn up with the kids i'll oh, put your shoes on do this do that yeah. everything is, is is told to them and i see that with a lot of kids where they're waiting for me to tell them what to do or they start doing something and they immediately look at their parent yeah <laughs> they're looking for that reassurance and it's like no i want you to figure it out for yourself i don't want you to be you know having someone uh telling you what to do all the time i want you to sort of okay. What do I do now? What should I try next? You know, that's yeah. the sort of mentality I'm trying to build. And like I said, the kids that are doing that a bit more, you can see. You know, the cogs are turning. They're they're working it out, which is uh, which makes a nice change.
0: I think I think the way I look at it now is we have to remember that coaching, no matter what sport we coach, has replaced after school play. Mm. Because I'm a bit older than you, um, but after school I went. And l- yeah, we
2: did. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but like, <laughs> but like, like after school, I went out and played. I yeah. didn't I, I wasn't coached. I went out, played football, played tag, played some games. that I don't want to talk about on camera, but, <laughs> but, I, but I played games. So a yeah. lot of my physical development was through play. Mm. And we're losing that because now kids don't play outside at all. Mm. They don't go out. Yeah, the world, the world has changed since since the late eighties and early nineties in my day. So, 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 so we're losing that element of play, and now it's becoming, like you said, rightly, like the kids get picked up from school, they're told what to do, they get to tennis, they're told what to do, mm. they go home from tennis, they're told what to do, and then they go mm-hmm. to bed, and then the whole thing repeats. So the autonomy and the problem solving and decision making is just being ground out of them by cultures and society. And then they get on a tennis court and they don't know how to make decisions. They don't know how to solve problems. And it just becomes this very, they, don't, they
1: don't know how to communicate either.
0: Well, so 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 that social side of it's disappeared as well. Mm. And When you understand, it's great that you start to go down the rabbit hole. Once you understand that, you know what? They probably get more out of just the play. And just going on with the parents, there's such a positive message because they can go on, hit some balls. They're learning in that part. They're also spending some good time with the parents. where The parents not throttling them around the neck, not doing something. Um, and, and, And to me, like, you're right when you see those moments. You go, oh, you know what? All this hard work. Mm. It's worth it. And yeah. it goes back to a, a video or podcast I did a few weeks ago. I I think we've just got this this wrong idea of what coaching is. Mm. And we, we now believe that coaches are <coughs> about structure. It's about environment. It's about telling players how to perform tasks. And I think and, that's all about uh,
1: the business side of it. I think it's just ensuring that if we satisfy the parents, they'll keep yeah. paying us money to keep the business rolling in, which... I get it. I mean, I've done it for a long time myself. You know, without the parents' approval, you're not earning money. (laughs) So I do get it. But like I said, having spent so many years just telling people what to do, and then Mm -hmm. they'll go off and play some tournament, or you're even with adults, you see them go and play club matches, and they're like, I was rubbish. It just didn't work. And uh, forever. I mean, it's taken me nine, 10 years to work it out myself. So yeah. Like being a coach and playing for 20-odd years myself, it sort of didn't click. But uh, now that I can see it and those that put the effort in are now getting more results or at least they're getting more interest in the game. I mean, the, the technical side of it can sometimes still lack, but I'm seeing there's just a bit more interest. They're, they're wanting to be on the court. They're wanting to actually keep trying, which is nice because for me, that's a good life lesson. You keep trying. Yeah. You, you Eventually, it's got to click. I mean, if it doesn't, we all know that tennis isn't for everyone. Okay, that's fine. Not a problem. But if you if you have that mentality and you have that approach to anything you do in life, then surely you're going to get some success. I mean, how much success you get is going to be down to the player, how much effort, how much interest they put in. But for me, if they keep trying, they keep doing it. And if they've got that mentality to keep going, well, you get knocked down, you get back up again. And that's really, for me, an important life lesson as well, because for me, a lot of this is mental. If you can 100%. teach those skills through the tennis and a mm-hmm. lot of life skills are learned through tennis, if you can teach that, it you know, it sets them up for life. Even if they're not that great at tennis, if they've got a few of these other skills up here, yeah. hopefully they'll apply that in other ways. And if I can produce better people rather than better tennis players, I don't mind. No, I, I can tolerate that. That's fine. But...
0: Well, that's that's my whole philosophy now. I'm pretty sure you've that from me somewhere. Um, I, don't, Probably, yeah. I don't. I don't. <laughs> I don't teach tennis players no more. No. I teach young people who just happen to play tennis. Yeah, I um, and, and I think a couple of things I just pick out there. It tennis is difficult, and I'm trying to do this more. We have to stop telling people it's difficult because mm-hmm. if we say it's difficult, then straight away there's a barrier put up. Oh, this, mm-hmm. this is difficult. So I've I've started trying to use the word tennis is challenging, but so's football, so's life everything's challenging it's 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 having it's having the skill set to deal with the challenge mm. and i think i think we have to stop it is it is a challenging game it's for me it's one of the most challenging games the only game i think or the only sports more challenging is mixed martial arts because you get punched in the face like in tennis you probably don't get punched in the face that often sometimes possibly <laughs> um but it is it is a very challenging demanding game but mm. Like you mentioned, rightly so, there, it it interlinks with life so much in terms of dealing with challenge, dealing with situations on your own. You can't hide within a team. You've got, to, you've got to front up for it. I think we've got to be careful as coaches, though. I think sometimes if we have this mindset of we're here to fix, then that's all we ever do. So when you make a mistake, if I just jump in and start fixing, then you just think that, well, the mistakes are wrong, but they're not. Right. The, the, the mistakes are vital for the learning. And again, it goes back to that whole mindset of what coaching is. And I'll go into work tonight and I'll watch the coaches around me. And every time the player misses, there'll be feedback, how to get better, how to improve. So yeah, I thought
1: for... that yesterday when I was watching a lesson. And it sort of yeah. comes to mind. I was like they're straight on it. And I'm like,
0: yeah. yeah. So from a kid's point of view, the mistakes are negative. Mm. And I've got to constantly fix it. And it goes back to what you said before about the about the kid who looks at the parents, and you see it more now where a player will miss a shot and they'll look straight to the parents. They're either looking for the telling off or they're looking for the answer. And it's it, it, it's interesting because, again, as coaches, I think we we have this mentality of that's what we're meant to do. We're meant to fix. We're meant to fix. We're meant to help improve. And these mistakes are bad and we need to then stop them. And then what tends to happen then, in my opinion, is when players play matches and they lose, they just they think they're not very good. Mm. And then they lose again. They go, I'm not doing this because I'm not very good. I'll just give up. Like, you watch more tennis than anyone I know. Only Mr. Djokovic wins more often than not. Everyone else loses. Yeah. And it was interesting because I had a lesson this week with one of my players, good player, national-level player, and I beat him in a tie-break in in the match. Mm. And, like, he was distraught. And I'm like, well, why are you so unhappy? Oh, I should have won. I said, well, no, you could have won there's no guarantees you should win yeah. um and I said well why do you think that he says well I had because because I won't go into the practice design but he was serving so he had an advantage and he could score bonus points and he couldn't quite execute the movement we were looking for and he had opportunities but just couldn't uh, couldn't quite do it but he played really well so so he was I've
1: got junior is exactly the same he's so yeah. so passionate about winning and trying to beat me and yeah. the main thing that I'm now work cuz his tennis skills are good so the yeah. main thing that I'm doing is just playing with him and we just set up different games just to test yeah. out different skills but the main thing I'm trying to get is just the emotional control yeah. but he's 9 years old he's a kid and I've said look like you're not going to there's going to you're going to lose a lot and he's slowly getting the feel with it just because we play a lot but yeah. exactly the same as you when he loses he's distraught <laughs> but quickly I pick him back up and luckily he's all right but, yeah, it's, it's, it's finding that balance and getting them to understand that, look, you're going to make mistakes. It's going to go wrong sometimes, but it's allowed. It's fine. It's not a problem.
0: Yeah. But but it was interesting with that. And again, I think you've got a similar situation there. But when we start talking about it and digging down into it, um, we were talking about the reality of the game. Like you can play really well and lose. Doesn't yeah. mean like, you didn't play well because of the scoring system, because your opponent has a control over the situation like you yeah. don't have complete control on the court the environment changes you change your opponent changes um like once we start yeah. to get players to unpack sort of unpack that it's really valuable and like i'll use stats of him and say well jokovic 100 points he loses 49. so if we're yeah. playing high to seven like it's really really difficult to to win that plus i'm 40. I'm a lot taller, a lot bigger, a lot stronger, a lot wiser. Like if I lose, I've probably got more chance to be upset than you have. Like if you just win, if you win your battles, we talked about him winning his battles and what we sort of set up was, okay. I don't go too deep into it, but can you set up the play that we're trying to set up? Can you create opportunities more? And then we changed the practice design around where he scored points based on if he created opportunity. And then he won more points and then straight away his mentality changed because then he more focused about not winning the overall point, which we did in the first practice, mm. but creating the opportunity. And that switched his whole mentality around of like, oh, I'm not so outcome focused, I'm more process focused.
1: Yeah, um, I like that. And it's, I'm nicking that one as
0: well. <laughs> Do it, yeah, do it. And again, it goes back to, again, I don't want to go too deep into it, but he went to a training camp a couple of weeks back, with some some coaches um, mm. who may work for a national government body, and it was all outcome based. It was all it was all outcome based. So it, it's like so he's come back to training with I've got to improve all these areas, and if I don't improve these, I'm not going to get to regional uh, performance uh, RPDC. So he's got all this weight on the shoulders. The guy's ten, and like I had a chat with Dad afterwards as well, I said like if he gets RPDC, great. If he doesn't. Doesn't mean he's not going to be a tennis player. Mm. And what level of tennis he wants to play, no one can tell. Like no that's one can it. tell. The national coaches can't tell. I can't tell. You can't tell. Like, don't see it as this big weight, but then that's that that's a different conversation for a different time. But it's just getting the players to understand the, the reality of tennis. And
1: it's if, not easy. If, there's so much that goes into it. It's such such an open game. There's you know, there's yeah. too much to do in one or even in one term. But yeah. yeah.
0: But then but then for me that always goes back to the to the practice design so as coaches if we set practices up where if the player makes a mistake it's all on them mm. was it's not because i could hit a really good shot against you and you'll miss mm. but it's because i've put you in that very difficult situation you may have done something before to stop that but i've just hit a good shot yeah doesn't mean that you have to go away and it's it's interesting because when you make a mistake you think tactically uh, technically straight away I need to improve X, Y, and Z. Well, most coaches do. Um, and the issue may be you've just picked the wrong shot at the wrong time. You've yeah. not positioned yourself or you've not read the situation enough. You've not seen that I was going to go to, to a certain area. And then most coaches will go straight in and start fixing techniques. And then players in their head, every time they miss, it's it's my fault. And mm. I have to fix something rather than, okay, what can I control? And what's a more sensible solution than changing the grip or changing the path or the angle the speed of the racket so yeah again i just think it's 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 a it's an environment set up with coaches i I just think we've got it so back to front it goes back to what you said before though it's it's the business Mm. and my challenge to coaches all the time are you acting in the best interest of the player or the best interest of you yeah if, if it's the best interest for you then we've got a huge problem well, yeah, this is
1: the problem. I mean, as coaches, we work, well, I, I can speak for Ryan, but we, we're we typically on our own. So we're self-employed. Yeah, Our priority is to go out and earn the money to pay our bills. So, you, you, you know, again, balance, you know, you've got to get that balance of, yeah, concentrating on you as a business, but at the same time, trying to give what you can to the client. If you can be seen to be working for the client and helping them as best you can, that should keep the business rolling in. You yeah. look after the people, the people look after the money. You know, if you yeah. get that right, then that that, that that's sort of, that's got to be your way forward if you're just solely focused on the numbers at some point that's gonna show cracks in your work
0: and my challenge to coaches on that theory all the time is you mentioned it rightly so that if you look after the person they'll they'll keep coming back anyway yeah and if if we are more player focused and we're not as selfish as coaches mm. the players will play more they'll play longer yeah but I think we have such a short-term mentality as coaches. And that's why we like the quick fixes that's why we like the basket drilling because it it can look really good really quickly and we, i can make you look really good and i won't mention a coach who used to work with but that was his elementary of making people look good and feel good but then you put them in a match situation they couldn't they couldn't hit a barn door with a forehand but because the coach would isolate them in a way they thought they had the world's greatest forehand but once Mm. you put a little bit of strain and again whether or not you think it's right or wrong, but the coach is just about, I just want them to come back and pay me money. I'm not bothered if they get better at tennis. Yeah. And I always had a few conversations. Like, But yeah, but if they get better at tennis, they'll probably play more because they'll be playing matches and they'll, they'll fall in love with a game more. So you're just thinking about this so short term. Think, mm. bigger picture. And, and I get it why coaches do it. And most of the time I talk to coaches, either online or in person, they go, I love all the stuff you're doing, but I can't do it because... parents would kick off or my head coach would kick off i'm like but that's why we're in the problem we're in yeah because no one's willing to stand up and say let's just make a change yeah and and i feel that pressure from and i talked about this week on 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 a call i feel the pressure like i did a drill the other week it was awful Mm. i had three players they couldn't do it it was awful and inside i'm going. Just basket feed because I looked across and you have a coach basket feeding better players. I had the less experienced players in the group at the time, yeah. And they're all basket feeding some of them, regional, county level players. And I've got the ones who've just come to Orange and they can't do it. And I'm going, Oh my god, this looks awful! People must think like I'm nuts. And then <laughs> I took a big deep breath, said, Bless you, it, it doesn't really matter what people think about me, like I've got to do what's best here for the players. And I'm not hmm. just going to fall back into the trap of peer pressure of parents or coaches next to me.
1: But in I'm that situation, would it. you get the parents on the court to explain what you're doing?
0: Uh, in that situation, it's a bit more difficult because um, the way we're set up, there's a balcony. And to get them down will be like a nightmare. But, but what I do is I use my platform like this. And most of the parents follow me. So, right. so they know what I'm doing. The coaches all know what I'm doing, whether or not they believe it works or not. So the coaches will probably pass it on to the parents. And then I'll just tell the players. I'll tell the players and hopefully they'll tell mum or dad in the car afterwards. And if parents want to ask me questions on it, then I'm always open. If it's my own individual or smaller group session, then the parents know straight away what I'm doing anyway. But but in that situation, when we had four coaches and I was the only one, not basket feeding. And I had the less experienced players and it looked awful. But what I was saying to the players, yeah, it looks awful because it's new. It's brand new. So Mm. just have fun with it. Explore it. And guess what? If you keep practicing it in four weeks, you'll be able to do it. But if if and like, and, and the way I say that to players all the time, if you can perform the skill, then you're not learning. So there has to be a level of challenge there. There has to be something that's, uncomfortable and unorthodox but that's the only way you will adapt and learn a new skill and i'm I'm such a geek like pep guardiola at man city if you perform a skill three times in a row whether it be a pass or a shot you have to change the practice Mm. and that's again it goes back to to the whole thing because if you do something three or four times you get a feel for it anyway then you need to put something new a new stimulus in there to keep on the learning process. Mm. And that's what I try and sell to the players. It's hard because they're missing and no one likes missing. But then the way I sort of sell it to parents or players, it's high challenge.
2: Mm.
0: It's high challenge, but you've got high support from me. Like, I'm not going to have a go at you if you can't do it. I'm not going to go jump straight down your throat and tell you how to do it. Mm. I'm going to help. I'm going to help you find the solution. And whatever that solution is would be to you. Because you will do it differently than me. So there's no point in me telling you how to do it because it won't work for you. Yeah. So can you find your own way? And that 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 takes time. And that's one of the hardest things. And I talked about this last week. The hardest thing the way I coach now, it takes time. Mm. So I don't get the quick fix no more. No. I don't get the buy in from the parents away. <laughs> I don't get the buy in from the player. And even like last night, I did a practice and it was quite challenging. The player's struggling. And age- like
1: Brian, right. you, but enjoying trying, or is it clear yeah. that they are hating it?
0: No, they they are enjoying the challenge of it. Just because the way we set it up, right. and how do I get them to enjoy the challenge? They have a say in most of it. So, like last night, uh, I had a session with a young girl. I put the clip on today on Instagram where she's serving. Right. So she has to serve the ball. I control it and catch it, and then I have to serve it from wherever I catch. Uh, we're working on technical and tactical skill so we do that one first and she does it quite well but then we progress it probably a word so then the second stage is okay i serve we rally to four but then we have to stop and then someone has to serve right. but we don't have to get to four we want to try and win before four but once we get to four we have to stop and start again and then she found that really challenging because now she's got multiple things to think about because mm. she can win it in multiple ways. She can win it on the serve
2: yeah.
0: or she can win it in the rally. But then once we get to the fourth threshold, one of us have to stop and then serve it in. So then you got to think about, okay, well, if I leave that fourth shot short, I come in and smash it past you. So she's thinking about all these things and she's she's really finding it challenging. So I, I literally just say to her, well, what should we do then how can we make this a little bit more reachable because at the minute maybe there's too much going on Mm. and to be fair to her last night she said you know what no let's just keep practicing let's just keep going because i'll get it in a minute and she got it and she got it and i think i think sometimes like i've i I filmed the home the whole video which i put on my website in a few weeks the first 10 minutes that second drill that second practice it's awful. Like, mm. she can't do it. Ten years ago, I would have jumped in and basket fed. Yeah. Okay, let's isolate it. Let's make it easy. Let's let let let's feed you some shots and get yeah. a feel for it. Let's get the basics. Whereas last night, it was a case of, okay, we can change some rules. We can change maybe the court size or we can change some of the equipment or, or whatever you want to do. Um, but to be fair to her, she said, no, let's just keep going because I'll I'll get it in a minute.
1: And your whole principle and what you're trying to do anyway in the first place to have made that decision.
0: Yeah. And to be fair to her, we've been working, what, 18 months. So she's completely into it. Um, That does help. With with (laughs) new players, they, they, they will make it that easy. They'll change something. They'll change the court size. They'll change some of the rules to make it simpler for them. But that's okay because then if they make it simpler and then we get some success, then we'll make the challenge higher again and I'm constantly just trying to find that right level of challenge and more often than not the players coming up with, coming up with the solution and sort of my job is to guide okay well have you thought about maybe changing the shape of the court have you thought about maybe taking two touches rather than one touch mm. Like find something that's going to make this a little bit easier for you to achieve mm. and, then we'll, and then we'll raise the challenge again it's harder because like a coach who I work with goes, I love that approach, but I've only got an hour. I've only got an hour. Like, if I do that, it could take me a whole hour. I'm still in the warm-up game. I'm like, you haven't got an hour. You've probably got 10 years if you do this right. Like, what's this whole mentality of an hour? Like mm. The player you're working with, they should be with you at least six weeks.
1: Well, it comes to the impatience, doesn't it? You know, people wanting those uh, quick improvements, but this whole process is not quick. So, you know.
0: No, but but again, but then if the coach is thinking I've only got an hour, then that's short-term thinking with the coach. I'm thinking you've you've not got an hour. You've probably got at least six weeks before this player gets fed up. Yeah. So at least take them down the journey of the six weeks. Mm. all the philosophy and the way of doing it and then they'll buy into it. But if you just keep pandering for the quick fix, and that's what I was. And, and it's interesting that, that you're saying you're not fully down the rabbit hole yet. No. I would say 12 months ago, I was the same. I was yeah. I was 50-50. And if you look at a lot of the stuff that I put out, even like the book and stuff, I'm not fully immersed yet. And mm. then it's at the point now where I think I've got enough confidence and enough experience in it that I am fully immersed. And yeah, I don't like I've not done a basket drill for well. <laughs> I've not personally decided to do a basket drill, right? Yeah, for maybe twelve months in, a, right. in in one of my lessons. Now I do have to basket drill if I'm working as part of a team or if I'm delivering uh, national governing body content. It's interesting because people see me with a basket now and they go, oh, "You got a basket!" <laughs> and like someone's got a camera out the other day, took a picture of me. Goes, "I am it on social media." I'm like, well, "It's not my, it's not my, it's not my choice." It's not my choice. Um, And again, baskets maybe have a place.
1: Oh, yeah, this is it. I I am still doing that to an extent. And like I've I've said to you previously, I feel like you've got to try and give the player something or at least allow the parent to see something. But once I know someone is capable of, I mean, even just a basic coordination, if I know they can hit the basic shots, right, let's play. You know, let's make up some sort of game and play. Because as soon as you get that game mentality, it becomes more fun too. And immediately you've got them more mentally because they're just like, oh, yeah, this is fun. You know, I did some games with my adults last night and the excitement on their face was just like off the charts. And I'm like, I've never seen adults that excited before. So, you know, when you bring these things in and people see it for what it is, it's like, oh, yeah, great. There's some. There's a different way of doing this and it's helping me more up here, which is ultimately what we're trying to get. I mean, I, I keep telling, especially my better players now, I'm all about this. I want to get your mind in the right place. I want you to be able to perform the game rather than just hit the shots. And, you know, they are buying into it more. So I, I know this works, but it's, yeah, it it does take time to get confidence to fully immerse yourself in it. But I feel like I'm going the right direction and, you know, the, the results are paying off.
0: Well, let me throw a question your way then. Why Ooh. do you basket feed? What's the logic?
1: <sighs> I suppose there's that repetition factor of practising the skill. Where where they just keep doing it they hopefully build the muscle memory so there's that side of it and then once i see that they can actually hit the ball because i mean coordination nowadays is is a dying (coughs) art excuse me everyone's on computers aren't they as we currently are now but um you know the the everything's here isn't it in terms of coordination now it's not this you know everyone struggles with that so sometimes I'm having to help people to actually find the ball (laughs) you know once they can find the ball and hit it right okay let's let's try and play more let's just try and at least rally between us let's you know make up some games that are going to help you to develop these skills more but make it more interesting for you to do because I mean I don't I don't really enjoy the basket feeding personally you just why do uh, it (laughs) I know I know that's what I'm saying I mean I've I've done it for most of my coaching career yeah. I've never done it all the way through a lesson. I mean, I, I want people to be playing. But like I said, when you're getting those quick fixes, when you're seeing people start to grasp the skill quickly, you go, oh, right, okay, this is why we do it. Um, but I know for the long term, it hasn't worked. And it's, it's now trying to find that balance. And obviously, for me, your approach is the balance that I'm being looking for. It's, okay, this is how I'm going to keep people interested in the sport. If they're interested, they'll keep playing it. If they keep playing it, they'll get better. But it takes time (laughs) and that and that's what you've got to buy into, but it does take time.
0: Let me let me jump in then because obviously that's why I basket fed for over 18, maybe 19 years. And the idea of the repetition is an interesting one because again, I'm not a sports scientist and I definitely not academic, as you know, you know me well. I'm definitely not academic. Um, but when we isolate the skill, so a basket feeds an isolated skill. The player develops a skill for that situation mm. so that they'll develop an isolated skill and it's all about perception and action. So yeah. they'll, they'll be focused fully on the ball. They won't be focused on you or the environment around or anything else. They'll be focused on the ball and they'll develop the skill very quickly because they're only really patting the head at that point. Yeah. Okay. The issue is tennis is not an isolated game. So when we put them into a rally situation, the skill is different. It's not the same skill.
1: Yeah, you're right. And that's... that's what I've always known. I've, yeah. I've always picked up on that. As soon as a different ball comes, oh, right, yeah. okay, what do I do now? And even when I'm doing my basket feeder now, I will give different balls. You know, some are slow, some are high, some are low, you know, different yeah. spins. I don't often feed the same ball twice because I'm trying to, you know, get them to track the ball, to be able to find yeah. the ball and to, to do it. So for that reason, I do always do feeds differently. But, yeah, I know what you mean
0: but even with that the ball's coming from the same angle and the same position on the court yes so again even though you might do a little bit of variable feeding mm. the player's learning a skill yeah but then when they then put in a open dynamic situation it's a completely different skill again there's a great podcast the perception action podcast and uh, rob uh, gray is he's again he's a some guy in america really academic mm. but he he did a presentation a few weeks ago, and like you use different parts of the brain and stuff to learn that type of skill because a dynamic skill and an isolated skill the two different things. Mm. So it's interesting as tennis coaches because we isolate the skill in our mindset of okay, I've got to get a feel for it, I've got to learn the the movement or the coordination you said there, mm. but you're not actually learning the skill that you need to play tennis. You're no. learning something completely. You, say, different. you say it all the time. And it's something that i said to you on um, instagram i think the other week we're teaching these kids or players ballet yeah and they're going in and having a boxing fight <laughs> but we're teaching them a skill set that they actually don't need and they can't use mm. on a tennis court and we do it for all the reasons you said oh repetition but we know tennis is not a repetitive sport because mm. the ball comes in different specs, different ways you will never hit the same ball twice And the quote that I put on for Nadal the other week, and he said, well, I've hit millions of shots. So why do I still miss? If it is about repetition, then surely Djokovic, Nadal, Coco Goff, they they should never miss them because they've done it millions of times. Yeah. But they miss because every shot's different. Every match is different. And the whole thing about teaching them the basics of the shot. But what are the basics? Like the basics depend on the situation, the ball, that's given it's interesting the other week because like part of the new lta cpd that we do we show a clip of a match i can't remember the two players it's a female match um and we ask the coaches what they witness and what they see and you get all the old technical and tactical uh, analysis which is always normally quite good but i'm like but did, did anyone look at the score and well, what do you mean the score so well, the score makes a huge difference because the score is going to affect how you play like, so even though you look at it, okay, technically you could have done that better, or tactically you could not better. Well, they're gonna play differently because the score's different, so the environment's different. So if I hit a forehand at 40 love up, it's gonna be different having 40 love down. Yeah. So when I practice a skill and there's no there's no cause or effect, that again, there's a couple of coaches we worked with, like I could hit the shot and the ball will fly out. The coach goes, Good shot. I'm like, what? So
2: yeah
0: it's just it's just not transferable and for me like why why do we do it and you said they're the right things we do it because we believe that repetition is key we do it because everyone else does it one you hate it i hate it two do the players really enjoy it do the players really enjoy the standing there and doing something over and over again I'm not too convinced, especially if you've got a big group and you're lining up with eight people and you, you're hitting one shot and going back at the line. So yeah, it, it's it, it's a quest I always throw out why, and coaches just still give me that answer of oh repetition, but it's a non-repetitive sport. It's just and what
1: we—it's what has been done for so many years in coaching, whether they're good habits or not. Although we're talking about them being more bad habits, but yeah. it's just what we've known for so long and. Obviously, you know, you're in the process of trying to get people to make these more positive changes and try different things. And when it comes to doing something different, everyone's first reaction is <laughs> and that's kind of what we're doing now at the moment. I'm like, ooh, uh, ooh, uh. You know, yeah. that's, that, that's my position at the minute, because I know it works, but it's just getting it going and really getting people to believe in it. That's the uh, the tricky part.
0: And that's what I say to parents or players. And like, like if, if a parent, I've had it before, a parent comes to me and goes, well, can you, can you do some repetition on the forehand? Like his forehand wasn't, John's forehand wasn't that great at the weekend. Can can you spend some time giving lots of forehands? Mm. I mean, I can, but you have to understand that's going to make no effect. It's going to make no difference. Mm. So I can waste 40 minutes and like, I'll give John a fake sense of confidence. Like I'll give him a fake sense of feel. Mm no difference so if you're happy to waste your money happy to do it if that's what you really want or Aaron
1: is really insistent on what they want do you just go along with it or are you trying to convince them otherwise
0: and then okay so i'll say i'll do it or we can do this i can put john's forehand in multiple different positions in in the next hour i can get him attacking neutral right there defensive I can get him hit in multiple directions, different heights, different speeds, different spins. Everything that we do in, in that hour will be transferable. Do you want the blue pill or the red pill? Because if, right. if you want the red pill, I'm happy to do it because you're because you're the because you're, you're the boss. Yeah, you pay me. But if you want this one, what do you want? And they go, oh, yeah, let's do the second one.
1: Oh, so all the time they will say that.
0: Yeah, and 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 if 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 they keep wanting the red pill, I'll say we're fine. Finding I'll out do character. it. And it's, it's a bit like when coaches ask me to like, again, some, some, some of the stuff we do at our place, it's, it's basket fed, even though I don't believe in it. If my head coach says to me, can you do a basket drill? Fine. That's what you want me to do. I'll do it because at the end of the day, if you want it, I'll deliver it. Same with the player. Right. But I say, but we do realize we're wasting our time. Like what, what good are we doing here? And it goes back to our repetition. Well, that's not proven by any science in the world.
1: So when you're basket feeding, do any of the players
0: ask why you're crying? Yeah. <laughs> Most of the coaches do. I'm, I'm like hiding my tennis coaching hoodie and stuff and putting my hood up and make sure people can't take films with me. But again, like, do, does it have a place? And I think mean, one of the biggest push issues is when you go Cardi- to cardio tennis. Yeah. But again, you're not developing skill in cardio. No. Running
1: around.
0: And some of the top players do it. But what I say with that is the top players, they don't need to develop the skill. They've already got it. Mm. They're probably just getting a feel for the court. They're probably just getting a feel for, for, for whatever. They're not trying to develop skill. Uh, if I they're getting a feel dangerous. for the
1: court, then why do they do? Why don't they play a game by getting a feel? I mean, I know you'd see them do lots of practice sets anyway. But as you say, yeah. you often see they've got an assistant or even their coach will literally drop feed the ball in front of them.
0: Yeah.
1: So what are they feeling there? Because they can't be feeling the no condition.
0: All- Nothing. Again, it's a waste of time. But again, they've done it because everyone does it.
1: And this is it. When you see that at that level, everyone thinks, "Well, I want to be that level, so that's what I need yeah. to do."
0: And then it, and then it, and then it transfers down.
1: And yeah, that's what you know.
0: But but they get nothing from it. And I was listening to a podcast this week on professional baseball. I'm such a geek. And yeah. <laughs> Great podcast! If anyone's listening, follow the talent. Uh, you, know, you know
1: it's your fault that I'm listening to podcasts now. I That's never listen to podcasts. So as soon as you started one, well, I thought I'll go and have a look. All of a sudden, I'm listening to all these blooming yeah. podcasts. It's your
0: fault. It's, it's great because I spend so much time sat on the M25, um, but with the with the baseball. So he was saying he's a professional baseball coach, mm-hmm. and he couldn't for the life of him work out because they had like it's a bit like the zig T. Have Have you seen the zig T? It's like a pole. You put the ball on top. Yeah. And the player hits her off. They were using them in the Major League Baseball practice. And, like, he was going, why? Balls <laughs> are travelling towards us. She had all these pro players earning hundreds of thousands of dollars a week. And he was like, why? And when they asked the players, they didn't know why either. No. And, like, because oh, we've always just done it this way. And then, like I said before, there's no science to back it up, to say no. it actually works. And I think... Again, this is my opinion. I think a lot of the science that comes out, like we've all heard the 10,000 repetitions and the 10,000 hours. Mm. When you actually dig into the science, it's 10,000 goes. It's not 10,000 exact repetitions because that's impossible. Mm -hmm. It's 10,000 goes at a similar action, but with variability. And that's why if you ever listen to any of my stuff, I talk about repetition without repetition. Mm. Well, that doesn't make any sense. No, it does because I want the outcome to be, to be repeated, but want the action to be different. Mm. So that girl last night with the serve, and if you go on to the to the Instagram post, she's serving from multiple positions. Yeah, the outcome's the same. She has to get the ball into the court, mm. but because she's serving from multiple positions, how she does that completely changes. So she's learning a wide range of different skills with the serve, and she doesn't even notice it. And then yeah. people say to me, Yeah, but you don't need to be able to do that because the ball toss has to be in that place and the elbow has to be there. Okay, but what happens if the sun's in your eyes? What happens if it's windy? What happens when you're 40 love down and you're nervous and your shoulders can't move? Like mm. you're gonna have to serve differently. What happens when you're in the third set and your legs are knackered and your shoulders tired? Yeah.
2: You're gonna have
0: to serve differently. Like and so that's that's what I'm looking to try and do with these practice designs, but even at that elite level. The isolating stuff and you have to look at coaches from the south of France and the basket drilling and the doing stuff like that. And people see it. And that's where most of my challenge comes on social media. Yeah, by seeing Rafa do a basket drill. Yeah, yeah, but he's probably just doing it for some irrelevant reason. He's probably just doing it because he's got 15 minutes on the court and he wants to hit as many balls as he can in that time. He's just yeah. doing loads of basket drilling, or he might be actually working on something really specific that no one knows about, and he just wants to feel or get something for the ball. Yeah. And more often than not, he's doing it because that's what everyone does.
2: Yeah.
0: So a bit like we were saying before, you look at to the left and right. You, if the other coaches are doing it, if you're doing something different, it's the it's the outlier effect of well, yeah. surely you're doing what Raff is doing, yeah, but you're nine. <laughs> and again just another antidote there there's a coach has worked with your week and one of the players goes to a different coach and the player comes back and they're working on leg drive and they're nine i'm like why oh because they want to use the legs because later on in life they want this leg drive into the ball okay i, I kind of get that but the nine like it doesn't like what effect does it do now nothing so you're, probably, mm. so you're probably just making something really complicated that doesn't need to be there, because yeah. because we're looking at like these players when they're 18. But like I said before, though, you've got time; you've got 10 years yet.
2: Yeah. Like,
0: don't 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 teach them like you're watching Nadal, Djokovic, Federer, Coco Gauff, who, whoever. But people look at those players and think, "Oh, we'll just transfer those skills onto these young players."
2: Mm.
0: What I say all the time is, you have to understand that. Alcaraz is playing what four hours today, two hours in the gym, two hours on court, does it every day, playing a match every other day. Been doing it 10, 15 years. He's going to be doing it for the next 10 years. You're playing once a week. <laughs> yeah, it's a, bit, it's a bit like me wanting to play professional level football now.
1: But we almost shouldn't use the pros as examples, should we? Because uh, it's an unrealistic world, isn't it?
0: Different sport, it's a completely different sport. Cool. Um, it, it has similarities in terms of use the same equipment. But it's a, it's, it's a different sport. But what we can use the pros from is, again, the reality of the game. Average rally is four. So why are we rallying to 20 shots? You're frozen, mate, I think. Yeah. So what I was saying is, like, why do we rally to 20 shots when the yeah. average is four? And then in the players' minds, if they don't, if they get a rally of two, they think they're doing something wrong. Mm. Most common rally is one. Yeah,
1: exactly,
0: yeah. It goes back to what we are saying at the, at the very start of the, of the video. Like, are we teaching the reality of the game? Like, this week – no, last week I did a coach workshop. It was a level one. It had some good players on. And mm. we set up an activity. And, like, the rallies weren't that long. And one of the coach went, yeah, it's not very good because the rally's dead short. Like, we should be getting to, like, higher scores. And, like, why? Mm. You know, because, like, we should be getting, like, 20, 30 shots. Why? Oh, yeah. oh, because like uh to keep the repetition, keep the shape. Why? <laughs> like like I can't stand for the life of me why we rally together in practice. Mm. Because then in a match I'm trying to beat you. Yeah. I said so why game, mean... go on, sorry.
1: I had those last night, so I had a level they they're good players. And yeah. I set up this game where they've got to hit the dot. Just as a warm-up game at the start, they got to hit each other's dot at the start. And yeah. I said, oh, we just need to hit a load of balls first just to get into it. I'm like, well, yeah, but you are going to get into it just by just doing this. It's exactly the same thing, but we're making it more competitive. Oh, yeah, but we must hit some balls just to get a feel for the ball and the court. And you come here every week. <laughs> You're playing two, three times a week. You know the centre. You know what it's like. Just play the game. you know. So they, they get these habits embedded in their head from previous times. And yeah. I'm trying to do things. I think they get what I'm trying to do with them. Um, you're on board with it, but yeah, sometimes people get in these habits and you sort of think we're trying to bring it back. Well, when you're playing the game, though, does it work that way? And they go, Oh, right, no, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Oh, there you are. Then. So, yeah, trying to get people back. It's not easy.
0: Huh? It's not easy. Can I, can I make a suggestion? Yes. Stop hitting the spot because, it, again, what? in a match, when do we ever just hit the ball to one spot?
1: I oh, know you're right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, that's say right. This is just a gentle warm up exercise, but. It was just funny what That's they warm-up. said. It balls from a different place. Like, hmm.
0: Yeah. No. Again, it goes back to it goes back to tradition, doesn't it? Like for me, my adults now or my kids, we play points in the warm up.
2: Mm. Even if it's a service like-
0: box, it's competitive. We play to win. Yeah. Like this whole thing of getting my eye in or get a feel.
2: Yeah. Well,
0: in a match, I'm not going to hit the ball to you. I'm going to hit the ball away. I'm going to make it as difficult as possible for you to hit the ball. So why should I just spend 20 minutes giving you nice shots? Let's just get straight into the deep end and just start swimming. Let's just play. Yeah. Because, again, if you think, and the way I sell this to players, if we spend 50 minutes every session playing fake tennis over Mm. the year, that's a lot of time wasted. So so that drill that I put on Instagram today, that's our warm-up. It's competitive. Even though we're only doing two shots. We're still playing against each other. Um, and I did it with my adult team players a few weeks back. I said, well, okay, let's go out, serve the ball in the box, can't win on serve, but play the point out. They're going, what? Play the point out? Oh, we need to walk first. Why? Oh, because we need to sort of get used to moving. Yeah. Well, this is probably a better way of doing it because it's going to get you up and running really quick. And what right. I found was they engaged really quickly because it had to because it was competitive. Yeah, yeah. and like I've wasted so many warm ups over the years where you've done 15 minutes of hitting and they're not engaged because there's no consequence to it, so they're not really feeling it that well. Um, and like then, then you start coaching, and then it takes you another 20 minutes because it's a bit more competitive and it's a different feel again. Um, so I've gone down the whole process of our warm up now is just a game, we just play, Mm. just go straight in. Like why? Why wait again? Coaches, we've got an hour. Well, why are you wasting twenty minutes warming up? Mm. It just, it just to me, it to me, it makes no sense. And some people push back. Oh yeah, but you, but you have to build confidence. Oh great, so I build your confidence up just to completely knock it down in fifteen minutes. That's a great idea. <laughs> yeah, and it's it it's it's something that I always put forwards now. Is okay. Why? Why am I doing that? How's it going to relate to game later on? It, and if it's not relatable to the game, then I'm not going to do it. Mm. Yeah, it's true. How's that feel?
1: Well, no, no, yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, yeah it's uh, there's logic behind it. You know, if I can see the logic behind it, then I'm on it. So
0: yeah, but it's uh, mad though. Because like, coaches yeah. don't listen to the logic. Mm. Like, even though it makes like, I try and keep it dead sensible. Like, you wouldn't do that in the match. Why are you doing it? I'm not too sure. Oh, because I have seen Steve Whelan do it on Instagram, or Patrick Monotoglu does it. So I thought I'll try it here. I'm like, well, is it relatable for what's in front of you?
1: Yeah, I mean, going back to the when I did my qualification, you know, I mean, I don't remember too much of it now, being ten years ago. But from what I can remember, there wasn't much gameplay. It was, you know, you this is how you feed. I mean, you, I mean, you did a play test to make sure you can hit a ball in a bright spot every single time, so a student can hit it back and I'm assuming that probably still might be the case. But obviously but again, yeah. it's not really a game. And when you've got that embedded in your head, that it's getting out of that habit now.
0: But, fact, but it makes no sense like I think I think last time I spoke to you like I'm stopping or well, I'm trying to stop private lessons.
1: Because I do fake find-
0: <laughs> Go on. Say that again.
1: I said I do find that baffling
0: but but it's fake. Like I can't play like a nine year old. I can't play like a 10-year-old. So going back to what you said about coach qualifications there, I'm feeding the ball in a position where they achieve success. And then they're going into match play and they're getting some completely different. I do my best now to play like a nine and 10-year-old, which is not hard sometimes for me, to be honest. Um, but I like I say to parents, I'd rather have you and someone else in the squad, let's do a two-on-one session. Then the two yeah. players can get and engage and I can be there.
1: It's cheaper.
0: Yeah, it's cheaper. Uh, you can split the cost then. Um, it's easier for me as a coach because I'm not constantly hitting. But it goes back to what we were saying before. Is it coach-focused or player-focused? Probably coach-focused because I'm making money. Yeah. We are splitting a little bit, but you're still there, just about.
1: I am still here, yes.
0: <laughs> yeah. But and like coaches think it's like I'm crazy, but like I'm not saying I'm stopping lessons, I just don't see the benefit of my player having a private lesson.
1: You're just changing when the environment,
0: that's all. But again, it goes back to the to, to culture. Private lessons now are probably mm. seen in many eyes as more important than group lessons. I'm like, oh my god, that's so backwards thinking. Mm. But why? Because coaches say, "Oh, it's it's all about you. It's bespoke. It's all individual planning." I love the individual planning bit. And then the coach does the same lesson for four hours straight. Yeah. Like you only have to go to any club on a Saturday. If a coach doing eight lessons, it's all eight of the same lesson. So I love the whole. It's all about you and the individual. And they do the same lesson. Yeah.
1: And like, just I think we just can all on. be good with, on stage can't we
0: yeah but again do, do the same theme but there has to be elements of diff, like different learning there you can't just do the same lesson throughout because no. the play is different, different well, I always days. ask the
1: student what they want to I don't have like a, a fixed plan for every, I have ideas. I go into lessons with ideas, but I don't have a fixed plan for any of my lessons now. I just think what I would like to work on different ways I can do it, be ready to adapt it. But ultimately, especially with, with a private lesson, I'm asking, well, i start every lesson. What do you want to do? There are in charge. Yeah. yeah.
0: And I, I, it's interesting because most of the players go, oh, I don't
1: know. <laughs> no, yeah, you're right. They don't, they're not sure. And I'm like, well, I suggest we can try and do this and, you know, the, most of the time they are relying upon me, but I do have a few that go, Yeah, I'd li- really like to do this. I'd really like you to basket feed me on my forehand. Okay,
0: no worries. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then you give them the red or blue pill and you explain, okay, we could do it that way or do it that way. Um and it I find that interesting as well because you give player the option, it's always something that they want to improve. It's never mm. something that they want, like it's never a strength. Yeah, true. And I'm like, Well, when you go on court, like You want to play to your strengths. You don't want to, like, Mm. avoid weaknesses. So if you're a match player, like, let's let's make your strength world class and hide your weaknesses. Don't spend eight hours fixing something that might not be that good anyway, hence why I've got a dodgy backhand. (laughs) (laughs) But but in my defense, my backhand sets up my forehand, so my backhand doesn't need to be really good because – I'm not going to win points in my backhand. I'm going to get the ball back on my forehand and then try and win points there. And again, players the same, like but that play before came back from regional camp with 10 things to improve. I'm like, tell me what he did well. Tell me what he did well. And let's yeah. really focus on what he does well because, again, we have this comparison thing where you look at a 10-year-old and you look at another 10-year-old who's maybe further down the pathway. Okay, well, mm-hmm. then that 10-year-old has to do that. I'm like, well... They're two different players, yes. two different game styles. So maybe just focus on what they're doing really well and make that even better. Yeah. And what they don't do well, it might not be their game style. Like, I wouldn't waste any of my time learning how to volley because I don't come in. Mm. I don't hit winners on my backhand, so I'm not going to spend hours hitting backhand winners because it's not the way I play. And like that's the way I work with my players now is I, I look at what strengths you have. But I ask you what you enjoy doing. Like if you enjoy coming into the net, well, let's do that. Let's build your game around that. And yeah. 20 years ago, I'd be like, oh no, don't do that because no one else does that. And mm. I said it this week, and I'll I'll hold my hands up. Like when when we were at David Lloyd, if you said to me, I want to work on my slice backhand, no, no, because slice is weak. You don't want to slice on the backhand. You want to drive it. Like how bad's that on my behalf? telling you what you can't do even though you want to do it yeah,
2: yeah.
0: like if you want a slice on the but back end we'll learning, like explore it eh? pardon learning yeah, yeah but like I said the like, benefit of like, learning. it is the benefit of learning but it's 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 the benefit of being vulnerable and like like even like this week i've been thinking back like i was such a bad tennis coach 20 years ago but i thought it was amazing
1: well no it's not or a bad tennis coach you just you've learned that you can do it a bit better but I think even well I would hope even the worst tennis coach has the best of intentions and if yeah. you're doing something on the court that's got to help something you know even if it's not as great as it can be that's got to be helping something
0: yeah and and to be I honest that's,
1: that's... <laughs> I said, I know you're going to have many arguments against that, but in general, I feel nope. like even the worst coach out there, if you're just getting on the court and playing and doing and hitting balls, yeah. that that's something at least, you know, and then oh, if you're, as long as you're making the effort to try and develop your coaching or what you're trying to do, you know, yeah. I think we're always students. I think the best, the best people, the best coaches are the best students. You know, we're, we're not the complete article. We're always looking to try and find something else that's going to help us or our students. Because, I mean, we deal with so many different people, different ages, different abilities. Not one thing is going to work for everyone. And we've got just got to have so many tools, so many options to help as many people as
0: we can. You no, know what? I actually don't disagree. I actually 100% agree with you. And honestly, and I think my only frustration with that is the vast majority of coaches stop learning. Do you think they so? Get, they just get a qualification and that's it. I don't need anything else. I've got I've got my level three now. I know how to coach. Let mm. me just go off and coach. And like, I would say I've learned more in the last four years outside of tennis than I learned in the previous 18 within tennis. Hmm. I only did that because I went outside the tennis bubble because yeah. of COVID. I, I looked outside because I was fed up at coaching. I was fed up at doing the basket drilling. I was fed up with shouting at the players like you used to hear me do. I was fed up of all that, and it's like <laughs> there has to be a better way. There has to be a better way of coaching than just shouting and trying to be the. Yeah. I the think most...
1: those days, and I could just always remember hearing your voice echoing around the building. I was like, yeah, oh, yeah.
2: I'm cool. So let's then, so
1: then,
0: <laughs> but then then I took it upon myself to go off and really reflect on how I coach and is it the best way and criticize and critique my coaching. Whereas a lot of coaches, like, if you if I go in and say to a coach tonight, like, oh, have you thought about doing that? They'll get dead defensive. And, mm. like, I'm not crit- – and, and that's why sometimes I have run-ins on social media. I'm not criticizing anyone. I'm just trying to get you to look at something a bit differently mm. because it helped me. But most coaches are like, oh, no, well, it's, a classic one was, well, it's always worked for me. I've been doing this 30 years. and like, the game's changed. The world's changed. We've said it before. Kids have changed. Society's changed. And That's you're cool. thinking about doing this archaic way of coaching because you've always done it that way. And the way I tried to, to sell it to the coach, I failed, by the way, because he didn't buy into it. Like, you can coach the same way for 10 years have you really progressed or if you coach multiple different ways in 10 years, who's actually going to be the better coach mm. and they could not get their head around it. Cause they had some success with some players who went on to play a decent level. I'm like, but that might've just happened anyway. It yeah, might've yeah. just been lucky. It might not been anything to do with your coaching. Like the players might've just been really good. Like, mm. But you've just been lucky. And, and that's why like, It just annoys me because sometimes, like, I'll come up, like, come to coaches and, like, I'll say, Oh, there's a free workshop. Oh, no, no, I've got all my credits. (sighs) I've got like 62 credits. And, like, it's not like I'm showing off. It's like every day I'm just trying to be a little bit better. And I am a bit of a tennis geek, coaching geek. A bit. But then, yeah, but (laughs) then again, the way I look at it, it's going to benefit my players. Well, yeah, precisely that. Yeah, the work and the effort
1: you're put. I mean, not you're me. this, aren't you? It's not just yeah. like a sideline. You live what you do, and I think yeah. anyone that is good at what they do, no matter what area you look at, they live it, they breathe it, you know. And it's it is a life for them, you know. I've I've grown to to love this job, even though sometimes it can feel like work. In general, it doesn't, and I do regard myself as being very fortunate as being able to do this for a living. Um, yeah and I got lucky getting into the coaching in the first place but yeah it was just uh you know I I've always sort of joked that I haven't actually worked in the last 10 years <laughs> even though I have but yeah. you, you enjoy what you're doing you know even on my days off I'll be you know doing stuff and uh reading up on things as you do as well though you do beat me hands down when it comes to researching this sport and that but uh you know I do what I can to keep it improving as much as possible because I'm aware that there are coaches out there that are probably stronger than me and, you know, maybe yield better results than I do. But, you know, if I keep working at it, then, you know, surely every little bit of knowledge and every little skill that I develop is got to reflect on my players. And if the players uh, are improving, then you must be doing something right. So,
0: I, I think it's just, it. I know CPD or Continuous Professional Development, like, I think we've only have one of a few industries where it's just not taken seriously. Like most other industries, like you have mentorship, you have courses that are designed for you. Whereas the majority of coaching, especially in this country now, where you don't have to do CPD, you could just be accredited. Yeah. It's it just blows my mind because we touched upon this a little bit off camera. Yeah. Like you do a qualification, but you only learn a very small percent of what you actually need to know.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Forgive me. If you don't learn- get my charge on. I'm out of batteries. So that's why I'm walking around.
0: All right. You get get like a, a, a view of a uh, view of the house, the mansion.
1: Well, yeah, there's not really much to look at, to be honest, but uh, yeah, now I'm just trying to get my uh, plug in. Oh, God. I'm... Now I'm going to leave you staring at the roof. Hang on, you carry.
0: So, yeah, we just talk about CPD. Like, it just frustrates me. Like, you don't even have to do CPD courses no more. You just be accredited. And then, so you don't have to do any professional I... development. And you could coach for 20 years without doing an additional course. Like, what good is yeah. that to the coach or the players or to the industry? It just it frustrates me. And and that's why I set up these platforms because you can listen to me right on for free. You don't have to pay me. You can pay me <laughs> at mytownscoaching.com, my best contact. Uh, <laughs> and that's, that's why I'm point. trying to do it. Uh, you got to put some plugs in somewhere. Um, but just yeah. to share my journey and, and that's why I've started doing the video logs Of me just yeah. writing on it's Just like what I'm going through Because if, if it resonates with someone Then it's worth it Even if it's just one coach
1: Well yeah, um, this is it I mean, I'll, uh, I can publicly say to everyone That I'm grateful for the work you do Because obviously what you're putting out there Is helping to influence how I coach now And nice. seeing that it is having a positive impact It's, uh I can say here now That I appreciate the work
0: mate you've frozen on me as you give me this really big big sales pitch
1: as far as i'm concerned you're helping develop my coaching and obviously when i met you at david lloyd i was impressed with what i could see you doing on the courts next to me and i was always like how's he getting those kids to perform like this all the time how are they so engaged and always really getting into it and seeing what you're putting out there and now that i'm doing it and i'm seeing well not everyone but i'm seeing some of the kids that buy into it actually Yielding results as well. It uh, it works. So uh, thank you for all the work that you do.
0: Oh mate, you you, you literally cut off halfway through that, unfortunately. So like it, it was good though. I got oh, the most, <laughs> bit, which which is good. And again, I'm not just saying it, but that's one of the reasons I started the my tennis coaching thing. It's just to share. Yeah. Because people helped me out when I started coaching. People yeah. helped me. Out. People like Joe hagan and Nick Lawrence have helped me. And we're in a job where no one wants to help each other. We see each other as rivals. And I said it at a coach forum this week at Bedfordshire. Like, we're not rivals. We're, like, we're all in it together. Like, and yeah. if we don't help each other, if we don't share ideas, if we don't share challenges, then we're never going to grow. The player base is only going to get smaller. We're going to lose people to paddle and pickleball because we're so self self-centered that we yeah. can't get together as a workforce and th- there is an element of the self-employed bit. I get that hundred percent.
2: Yeah. But
0: like, like I said to coaches the other a week, like if, if, if you're struggling with coaches speak to the club down the road and offer some work to their coaches who need more work. Oh, we mm. can't do that because you'll steal all our players. And that's the problem because you've got that man. You've got that mentality. Mm. Like, I don't want to share coaches to steal our players. If you're doing a good enough job, your players will not go. So, and yeah. I give a week I had interest in a job. I emailed it over and I got an email back saying, are you too experienced? <laughs> like, what? How can you be too experienced for a job? How can you be too good for a job?
1: Wow, that didn't go to your head. You should put that on the website. You're just oh, it. I was
0: going to, but, but then, but then, like Alison said, I oh, was just frightened of you. Like, well, why are they frightened? I'm not going to come in and take over people's jobs. I'm going to come in and try and make the place better. Mm. I'm going to come in and make the players hopefully better. And it's just a coach's mentality of, oh, I don't want to bring him in because, uh, yeah, he may do a really good job, and then that might reflect badly on me.
1: Yeah, I know. It,
0: it blows my mind, and like coaches are just so.
1: But that mentality is everywhere. It's not just in coaching, is it? You can go into any job or industry and people are sort of hiding what they do and, you know, because they don't want competition to see it and stuff and that. And it's not just in the world of coaching, but it's just I something.
0: Disagree. Can... I disagree because the most successful businesses will get the best people and do the job, even if they're not equipped to do it themselves.
2: No, yeah, I agree. Even, yeah.
0: You only have to look at companies like Amazon or Apple. Like mm. they bring in the best to make the company bit bigger. Why? Because it makes them more money. So like I've always been of the mindset when you work for me and stuff, I try and get the best possible coaches in even if they're more experienced and qualified than me, I'll get them in because that's going to make everything better. Like it's not about me. And like, if you look at any other industry, that's the way most industries think because they'll make more money from our point of view. If you get the best coaches, you make better players and then then your coaching business will make more money because you have better players I just think coaches are so self-centered and it's it's the again goes back to maybe the C P D. It's the oh I'll just do it on my own because I don't need anyone else's help and I don't want to ask for help because then that's seen as weakness. And I get that a lot as well. People DM me saying, Oh, I didn't want to put in the comment, but I've got a question. I'm like, Why? Oh, I don't want people to think that I don't know the answer. Well, you only know what you know. Yeah, like don't be don't be embarrassed by it. And that's why I still put out stuff like on my like I'm learning.
2: Mm.
0: Stuff I get wrong, but that that's okay. It doesn't mean like I don't claim to be an expert. Like yeah. don't don't worry. Like it's like I say to coaches all the time. I'm Coach Ed. If a player asks you a question you don't know, the best answer is I don't know, but I'll find out. Yeah. Don't don't BS them with some absolute rubbish, mm. because when the player finds out it's BS, they're gonna lose faith in you. They've got to have more faith by going fair play. Mm and it's something i do on coach ed all the time if people ask me a question i don't know i go, I don't know mm. but i'll find out for you know, and i'll try and answer the question for you better um yep. again it's just i think it's a mentality that's very unique within tennis coaches of don't share ideas don't share challenges don't yep. show weakness, don't share what's working even though we're all doing probably the same thing that's working anyway there's no secret source. Yep. um and like the, the way i try and do mine is if, if i can if i have 23 years of mistakes that you can avoid by listening to me ramble on then that's only going to benefit you yeah it's not, not really going to ultra benefit me i'm not going to have a academy in the south of france um <laughs> you see you see you, you see that me and are, are, are definitely. Yeah, <laughs> Uh, mate on is there any any other any question any burning questions or anything that we've talked about that you want to just lay yeah, on Yeah there is about?
1: one more thing that comes to mind and I think there's uh well I mean you may have experienced this I'm sure you must have in your time and uh, I'm sure there's other coaches here that do it but uh bad apples bad apples yeah,
0: coaches in- or players <laughs>
1: <coughs> players players if, if you've got well let's let's say we'll go down the junior line if you've got juniors in the group yeah. That just, I mean, I there's two things that I want in my students. Mm. Interest, yeah. effort. I don't yeah. mind how much. As long as you give me some, I can hopefully help you. Um, but if you've got, you know, students in your group, and they've been with you a long time. They're not just new. They've not just been there a few weeks. They've been there for yeah. a long time. And if they're just not showing the interest and not putting in the effort, and you can see it kind of starts to get into other students in the group, they start to see that it's almost... They get in the way of it. They think it's acceptable, and they they start doing it. Should you get rid of those bad apples, or do you try and persevere and encourage?
0: Oh, it's a good question. Um,
1: I know you might start speaking about the coaches responsible for the environment and I'm things. Blame like the coach.
0: That. Well, I'm going to blame the coach.
1: Yeah, um, I mean, I'm always looking at me and yeah. what other things I can do to try and help the situation can i change exercises can i give mm. them a more responsibility do i pair them up with different people etc cetera, etc cetera? let's just say that cycle has gone on for a long time and it's not working yeah what do, you, do you just go off you go it's i've done what i can now i think And these people represent my coaching they're all your students almost like your cv aren't they
0: yeah
1: 100% what you see your students do and it's like well that's what the coaches taught them that's what they're getting influenced to do yeah. and i'm always looking at these people going that's not what i <laughs> that's that's not what i encourage on my court and yet you know the do, do you have to hang on to them for the sake of your business which i'm sure there might be some people watching this that mm-hmm. they work at a small club they've only got a handful of students they might have these sort of people they would love yeah. to see the back of them but for the sake of business they're holding on to them but I mean, where we are, we don't need to to worry about holding on because new people just keep turning up all the time. So can you move these people on or do you carry on trying to help
0: them? I think I I definitely would. My initial feeling would be try and help. How much you can help, it, it really depends. I think if it was me in that situation, it's digging into the reason why. So what's them you. information. I've,
1: tried. <laughs> I, I've had many a conversation I just say, tell me what you're thinking. What's, what is the reason for this? And I just yeah. get like,
0: Yeah, and it, it happens a lot. And it happened a little bit last night. Not quite the same reason. But when you try and speak to players, sometimes it is difficult to make that connection and get them to open up in terms mm. of real reason why. But it'd be a case of trying to make that connection. So why are you here? And what, what I try and use is the, is the five whys. I don't know if you ever heard of the five whys. So you basically, you ask why you're here, you give the answer, then you ask why. Oh, right. You give me the answer, then you ask why. And you repeat it five times. And what it's meant to do is the fifth answer is the real root reason. Mm. Uh, the first answer to give you is what you want to hear. Why are you here? Oh, I enjoy tennis. Yeah, but Why? Oh, I enjoy the athletic element. I like winning points. Oh, but why? Oh, I like the feeling of when I win. I don't quite like the feeling when I lose. Mm. Why? And and you and, and you go down that little rabbit hole, and it only works if they open up. If you get five answers out of him,
2: yeah, I've not and, got that. For
0: <laughs> and uh, for me, if 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 the player is is not oh, again depends on the age of the player. Greens, how old? green oh green for free <laughs> we get, got no chance getting five answers out of three year old but then i would speak to the parents and say listen this isn't working I like i need to make a connection why are you here and then i do the five questions on the parents and then the mum thinks
1: to... i'm a good influence
0: okay but ultimately it comes down to do you want to be here do do you want to be here? And if the answer is no, then it's I'm really sorry. This just isn't this isn't working.
1: Well, usually they say yes.
0: Okay, why? <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then use your and then use your four And it's okay for me. How have I how have I tackled that in the past? If they don't want to speak to me, I'll say okay. I've got some homework for you, John. Can you go away and write me a story on why I love? tennis coaching or why i love playing tennis and and tell me and tell me in the story or project depends on the age tell me why and then when you bring it to me i'll try and decipher the five whys because as you work as you look through that list you'll find why and then it'll be case of okay well what do you want to get out of this session Mm. what do you really want to get and they're going to say fun okay we can easy we can easy make it fun. Yeah. Okay, but, but what else do you want to get from the session? Is there anything that you really want to get from it? And a lot of the time, it might be the, goes back to what we said before, it might be the reality of tennis. Are they putting too much external pressure on themselves? Are they expecting stuff that's not realistic? Like if they come into tennis with the with the thought process of I'm not going to miss, then you're, you're set up to fail. If they've come with the thought of, I'm gonna have this perfect shot, then they're gonna fail. So it, it might be a case of getting them to realign the the reality of the game. So it, it's it's almost well, I mean, them... so the,
1: the situation here is there's two brothers. Right? Yeah. And one of them seems to enjoy playing. Yeah. They'll just play there's never been any improvement whatsoever, despite various feedback various thoughts given to them and when you're trying to help them yeah they fight back they don't want to hear it and yeah. they'll ask you, They'll tell you you're wrong and then yeah. the other one is just he, yeah he's, he's not interested <laughs> he's lazy he just doesn't want to do it but yeah every single week they keep coming back
0: do they choose I, he, to come back or is that one or dad bringing them back
1: uh mum i think mum brings them back yeah but they seem to enjoy playing, yeah. Which I think, um, yeah, we, we do that a lot anyway. We do play because I want them to sort of try and learn it a bit more organically. But yeah, yeah I just for me, the way the, the attitude is sometimes, it just it grates on me. I mean, the coach they were with before was he was almost cheering when they left his group, <laughs> you know. Um, they've never I mean I think they've been there longer than I've been there and they just they will not change and whatever I say whatever I do yeah it's just it's rejected and you sort of get to your point where you go well this environment is not for you if you want to play then go and book a court and and play with your friends and or each other or whatever
0: I think Uh, I think I think the fact that they keep coming back is a huge (coughs) bonus so Well, yeah,
1: I think that is some sort of compliment at least, because like I said, they could have stopped a long time ago and they have, which is obviously in itself good. So there must be some interest there, but they don't want to improve, but they're not good. I mean, they play the game to the lowest level you could possibly imagine, you know, like it's basic and even then they're getting it wrong.
0: (laughs) Um, Then do they have to be great at tennis?
1: Oh, no, absolutely not. No, I mean, I'm... The, the the level their ability is not the concern it's it's the, yeah. the effort the attitude that goes with it and when you're sort of trying to offer guidance to help them to improve yeah. then it's just rejected with attitude and I think
0: <laughs> for, with me that, that again I don't know the full ins and outs but for me it's I wouldn't directly teach him I would indirectly teach him through through games and I wouldn't even attempt either. to explain stuff to them like that hmm. I would I would set up games that they found engaging and 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 stuff. I would hide all the teaching because you don't know what's happened previously. It may again just it may be that like we said at the very start of the video, they don't want to come be told what to do. They may be getting that at home, like again without knowing the full-on circumstances. It might be a very strict environment. They may have a very strict teacher at school, and then they come to you and it's a an hour where they want to express themselves and Not Mm. be told what to do. So when you tell them what to do, it's the conflicts there. Like, well, no, because I don't believe in what you're saying and stuff. So it's 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 being quite clever with it in terms of guiding them to making better choices, not telling them to make the better choice, and using some of the stuff that I've put out there. Listen, it's harder. At the end of the day, you you have to look at yourself and go, is it worth it? is it it worth it sort of going through this whole process? And you can try doing it a different way. If that doesn't work, then maybe it's a case of this isn't working. But the fact that they keep coming back tells me that they probably do enjoy it, even if they don't directly show you.
1: Mm. And I I think when we get play points and stuff, one of them is super eager to do it. But you know, when you're watching them play, yeah, It's (laughs) painful <laughs> because you can clearly see what they are trying to do is not working yeah. most of the time they're not winning points and then one of them is an incredibly bad loser he when yeah. he's losing the points he absolutely hates it so then that's where i am trying to offer feedback and say well should you not try this you're like no, 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 no. i get all that and i'm like yeah well i'll help you <laughs> and it's been that cycle for months months and months
0: there's a couple of things I'd definitely pick up there. I think have a try and try and improve the level they're at, not where you would like them to be. So it's looking at again, goes back to what we said before, looking at what the, look at what they do well, and they will do some things well, despite how we look at it. What they do well. Borderline. <laughs> yeah. But highlight what they do well. I would definitely get the other player who's competitive to focus more on process points. I don't know. Let's say you're working on height. Every time he hits the ball above head height, it gets a point. If you win to tennis point on top of that, you get a bonus. Mm. So you're taking some of the pressure away, um, and I think it's it's just it's not looking at it and comparing them to where you want them to be. And that's what's great about this this approach is, I have I have no framework. That I work from no more. If no. you come to me, you're my only reference. So I've just got to make you one percent better today than mm. what you walk on the court with. So even even at that level, it's interesting. Like you're saying, oh, they're not great. They're borderline. They're the lowest level. Well, that just that that's their level. And If you get them to be ten percent better in six weeks, you've done an amazing job. I think don't don't compare them to other people. Let just take them at face value. That's oh, what yeah. it. Is. Exactly. And, and sort of that's. That, This is where we are. Can I get you to that little bit? And I would definitely avoid, just from what you said to me, I'd definitely avoid trying to tell them too much. Mm. Things that I do quite a lot with players like that is, well, I do with most players now, you rate yourself. So let's say you're the player who's, in your uh, world,
1: if he rated himself, he would rate himself 10 out of 10. Yeah,
0: fine. That's okay. It happens all the time. So let's say we're looking at attitude. So I'll say to you, Jonathan, let's rate your attitude. Give me some good points, things that you would associate with good attitude. Go. Mm. Go. No, I'm actually being serious. Go.
1: But with regards to my yeah. attitude.
0: Yeah. What so what does Jonathan coach Jonathan think would be good attitude? Uh okay.
1: Listening. Okay, got it. You have to be a good listener. Um, good attitude. You keep on going. Yeah. Go when on. it goes wrong, you you keep trying. You try again. Yeah. Um, yeah there are two main things that come to my mind,
0: really. Okay. So, so there are the two things. Give yourself a score out of five now on how you're doing them.
1: Uh, I would say four out of five listening.
0: Four out of five is pretty high. So you, <laughs> you can only do a little bit better. You can't do any better than that. Uh
2: yeah, I
1: could potentially okay. yeah.
0: so you so you tell me then what you're doing. That's so good to what to warrant a four. Um no, I can't off the top of my head, no. Oh it <laughs> can be a four then, can it? Because if it's a four, then you'll have in your head what you do really well. So good eye contact, you are fully emerged from what I'm saying to you. You're thinking of questions, you're thinking about answers. That that to me would be a five. So so what are you now?
1: Two.
0: Okay. So <laughs> what so what can you do better? To, so how can we turn that two to a three?
1: Um more eye contact.
0: Okay. So What's tell really you what, I love it. So I probably need to do better listening there So for me to get to a two to a three. So let's go out, let's play. And when we come back in, can you make that two to a three? And then you go out, you practice, you come back in. What's your score now? Oh, I'm a three. Why are you a three? I'm really, really practicing my eye contact here. That's amazing. Fist bump, well done. Now let's turn that three to a four, and right. you can use that with ever with commitment, attitude, effort. A couple of things that are key. The players come up with the reasons themselves, mm. and they, and they're gonna say a five. And you go, what? Well, that's the best you can do. Well, if that's a five, tell me why. And if if they can't rattle off everything, and if you don't see it, well, you can't be a five. Mm. And they they say, like to be a five. Those really, really high. And they go, I oh, like you did oh, I'm a two. Okay, well that that's fine it's okay being a two mm. how can we turn that two to a three and then they come you said that eye contact we'll tell you what if you do that next time we measure it that can be a freak can't it and what i'm doing now is i'm getting you to set your standard of attitude or whatever you want to call it you're in i'm not judging you you're because, giving it them- yeah but but also i'm giving the judgment to you like you don't like being judged as a coach. If I came to your club now and I said, I'm going to judge your coaching, you wouldn't like it. But if I said to you, I'm going to come and watch.
1: Actually, I don't mind. I quite like others watching me so I can. Because yeah. I'd like to learn. Yeah, so. okay,
0: okay. But generally speaking, as humans, we don't like being judged.
1: Yeah, I know. me.
2: Mean...
0: So So what, what I'm doing in that situation is I'm taking the spotlight off me, onto you, and you're in control of the judgment. Mm. I don't even tell you. Like, um players say to me, Well, well, what would you score me? I'm like, doesn't make It makes a difference what I score me. Uh sorry, mm. it makes a difference what I score you because at the end of the day, you're only accountable to yourself. Like when you go and play a match, you are in control of your attitude or your behavior or your focus. I yeah. can't control that. I can have an opinion. And I do it all the time with my players where we do something similar. And like we then like, if you're a two and I'm a four, I say, Well, it's somewhere in between and the truth because mm-hmm. my opinion is opinion, mixing it around and it's, for me, it's putting, it's putting the ownership and the accountability on the player mm. because it's, it's an interesting one around commitment and like you say to players, commitments from go oh, chasing hard and sweating and I go, well, commitment to me might just be turning up every week.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: That's commitment. So, my view of commitment and your view is different. So, your view of good attitude, bad attitude might be different to theirs, and it mm. probably is. But if you get them to say, okay, these are what I expect to be a good listener or good attitude, and get them to set their own bar, you'd be surprised how much they want to compete against themselves.
2: Mm.
0: And they'll buy into that much more. And just a few words you've said there, they don't like being told what to do. Well, don't mm. tell them. They, don't be, they probably don't like being judged. Well, don't judge him, let them do it all themselves. It's harder for you because you've got to be a bit more like a psychiatrist, and you're you're asking questions and you're getting them to reflect. <clears throat> and it's interesting on that note though, because what I used to do at the end of every session is give feedback. So at David Lloyd, when we were there, if you were one of my group sessions, you probably see me in the groups. Okay, Jonathan, you did this really well. Probably need to improve that. And I'll do it so everyone hears the stuff. Mm. What I do now. Is completely different so tonight when i do my squads at batchwood at the end of the squad i get all the players sitting down i'll say to them turn to the person next to you tell them what you enjoyed what you did well and what would you do differently next time and they all have a little chat about what they enjoyed it's normally something fun they'll all pick something they did badly and they want to improve and no matter what they feed back to me and then What I'll do to them is say to them, okay, who wants to share? Don't have to share. Who would like to share? And then they'll say what they enjoyed, what they improved. And no matter what they say, I'll just agree with. Because at the end of the day, that's the most important view is what they think, not really what I think. Mm. I've I've got my opinion of what you did well and what you could do better.
2: Yeah, Yeah,
0: But I can tell you, and you can just dismiss it anyway, but if you realistically sit there and do it, That's probably more value, and 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 one I found that interesting because as a coach, I find out a better understanding of what they enjoy because they tell me. I get a sense of what they believe they do well, so I'm thinking about working with strengths.
2: Mm.
0: And it's interesting because most of them always tell me the negative first. I'm like, well, that's the last question, so answer the first two first. Mm. And there's always something we can do a little bit better, and then I may say to you, okay, well. If you feel like your back end wasn't that great say what are you do better next time yeah and they'll tell me i go okay great we'll try that then and that th- that's the way i've tried to frame a lot of my question and communication now it's more they tell me my job is thinking of the right question to unlock them to sort of to unlock the reflection um but 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 definitely try some of that stuff as well and yeah, and that well, takes the weight off you as well, because it must be crazy for you, because you must be tearing your hair out, thinking, "How can I? How can I get in?" And well, yeah, for a long time, yeah. <laughs> and it's it's just it's almost taken the weight off your shoulders and push it on them. Okay, what's this is your tennis, so you take ownership of it. Then what do you want to mm-hmm. do? Why do you want to do it? Okay, is that level acceptable? And it's something I say to players all the time now. Like I use that rating system a lot. And like if if I see you're not engaged or you're not focused. Jonathan, what's your focus at now? Oh, I'm a two. Is that the level you want it to be? No. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, so how so how are we going to turn that two to a three? Oh, I'm going to stop looking at the balcony and looking at what dad's doing. I'm going to be really focused on the court. Okay, well, let's do that then. Jonathan, what's your focus now? Oh, it's a three. Okay, how come it's gone from a two to three? Um okay, I'm really watching what's going on. That's good. It's not a four, though, is it? Oh, it's not a four. now. okay. How can we make Mm -hmm. it a four? And it's rarely that we get a five. Because a five is like, you can't do any better than a five. No. So if we get to a four, and then even if we go from a two to a three, at the end of the session, I go, I'm really proud of you. Why? Because you went from a two to a three. You went from a two to a three. Mm -hmm. And even when it drops, like there's times in a lesson where you'll say, I'm a three, and it goes down to a two. I go, that's fine. They go, what? What's? That's life, isn't it? Like, you can't always be a two. You might drop to a one. But as a tennis player, you've got to recognize it. You've got to have awareness that you've dropped. Can you now get it back to a two. And it's, it goes back to, like we said at the very start of this video, like a tennis player, you can't play at a three all match. Mm, yeah. Times when you're a four, there were times when you're a one. And it's given the player the awareness, but the autonomy of, okay, I handle that. I can, I can recognise when I'm on a, I'm a one rather than Steve 10 years ago. I'll tell you when you're not focused. Hence why I'd shout a lot in that hall. Oh, my God. I won't mention a name, but we know who we're talking about. Will you please focus? <laughs> and I would see it as my job to focus the player, whereas now I look at it, no, it's the player's job to focus, but I have to give them the framework and the tools. I can't just get them to do what they want. I've got to help make – I help. I've got to help guide them make the right decision.
2: Yeah. And
0: that's the way I operate now with all my players. And it, it is harder because it's always harder to... Yeah, say,
1: it. it's not easy to implement, but I definitely uh, it, it's a different approach. I can certainly try and uh, I'll let you know how it goes.
0: <laughs> try, it, try it and it may work, it may not work, but it's just getting down to the real reason of the disconnect. Yeah. And it, it it may be a case of that tennis is their only sport they had at the end. I don't know. It might be the only thing they do. And mum loves tennis. Then you just make the most of what you've got. And if you are finding it difficult, the, the thing that I would say with any coach, if you if you don't enjoy a session, don't do it because it will show. Yeah. And I think, like, I was having this conversation the other day with a coach and I was saying, oh, I don't like coaching adults. I like, don't coach adults. If you don't enjoy it, why do it? Because you just dread that session all week. Yeah. And that's not saying that you shouldn't coach adults. Um, I think you should because you develop the skill. It's a bit like these players. I don't think you should give up. I think you should try. But ultimately, if you're not enjoying it, like pass it on to someone else who will. But obviously they keep coming back and you keep coaching them as well. So there's definitely a willingness on both sides to make it work. It's just... Oh well, yeah, it's
1: it. my job to try and help them as best I can. So that's what I feel yeah. like I'm offering. But yeah. I always keep looking back at myself, thinking, "Well, is there a different way I can approach this?" And like until you mentioned that, it's not sort of something I could. I mean, I've always tried to give people more ownership and say, "Well, look, why are you here? Why are you interested? Why do you want to do this? You know, why the the discontent? Why the 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 lack of effort in this? You know." But that's as kind of as far as I've got. In terms of actually saying, Well, okay, you know, what where do you think you are on a scale of one to five? You know, what is your level of focus? What's your level of effort? What's your level of interest? And maybe I'll uh, I'll try that. But thinking of this particular kid, I can just see them saying fives. And then when right. I say why is it a five, they'll probably reel off lots of reasons that aren't true. <laughs> yeah,
0: but then but then when they reel off rubbish,
1: reasons. I let them take ownership for that.
0: Yeah, but then when they reel off those five reasons. Then say, okay, well, give me an example of that reason that you showed me today. And if they give you an example, then they're doing it. But if if they're not doing it, they won't give you an example. You say, well, it can't be a five, then can it? And like say, no one's go- no one's going to hear the scores. So let's let's have let's be honest. Let's mm. have a safe space where we be honest. And even if they say four, like our job is not to disagree with them. But if he says a five and he's so stubborn that he's a five, then you say, okay. Well, show me then. So when we do this next practice, show me that level of five. And you never know, he might go out and show it. Then you go, absolutely amazing. I agree with
1: you. I would so love that to happen.
0: (laughs) Hopefully, hopefully it will happen. Mate, we've been talking for hours. I've got another call in a few minutes. I know, Um, yeah. But great. Uh, um, Thanks for the advice. No, anytime. I think we'll definitely do this again because I think it's good because a lot of the stuff we're talking about is actually grassroots on the job coaching. And I think sometimes when you put, again, especially with social media, you put stuff out and it looks great, but it's actually implementing it in the actual real world.
1: Well, Um, once I've got all this nailed down, I'll start charging seven and a half thousand dollars an hour now.
0: I can get an academy in the South France. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. Um, Yeah. That's that's a conversation for a different day. Uh, Before (laughs) you go, where can people follow you?
1: Uh, So tennis coach John on Instagram. Uh, It's the same on Facebook as well. I'm not as active as you are, but I do try and put stuff on there, but I've I've got a few little bits on there that people might like, but uh, I do try and post things now and again, but yeah, I keep saying I need to be more active on social media because when I'm on court, I'm, you know, my phone's away. So I find it difficult to record stuff, but uh, I will try and be a bit more active, but yeah, at tennis coach, John
0: J O N. Perfect. I will stick the link in the notes. Um, Much appreciated. So we have quite a long conversation with John. Um, It went a lot longer than we both anticipated. Um, Hopefully you found some use in it. Again, just two coaches talking, which I think is really, really good. We had a good conversation back and forwards over lots of different matters. If you'd like to join me on my next coaching hot seat, uh, where you can ask more questions. Not that he asked many questions there, but he asked more questions. Please let me know, steve at mytensecoaching.com. If you would like to check out my other resources, please check out tenscoaching.com And until next time, I'll see you soon.